Let's Go to Space Blue Sky Learning is part of a larger educational initiative called the Aerospace and Innovation Academy, which seeks to provide unique and distinctive STEM opportunities for passionate middle and high schoolers. While we most often highlight careers in aerospace, today's podcast is the third in a series where we've been hearing from parents of students who have incredible resume builders to hear how those parents believe the program has impacted their children. Today, for episode 57, we meet with Mr. Bill Mayville and Mr. Paul Kiesling. Paul Kiesling is the father of two active Wolfpack students, Paul Jr., who's currently a ninth grader at Phillips Exeter Academy, and Dylan Kiesling, a sixth grader at a school in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Paul is a global co-head of implementation and operational due diligence at an international asset management company and has a career that has taken him all over the world. He feels that the Wolfpack has provided an innovative global opportunities for his students and has fostered a framework for success that students in general can apply to all facets of life. Mr. Bill Mayville is a successful entrepreneur, civic leader, and a 10-year military veteran, rising to the rank of captain and earning awards on recognition. Today, Bill is the president of Workaway International, which is a company that recruits and provides staff for residential country clubs, ensuring the clubs have qualified, trained, drug-free domestic and international workers to support their operations. He successfully led and sold numerous companies prior to his CEO position at Workaway International. He is a graduate of Furman University and earned an MBA from Florida International University. As always, we hope that you'll stay tuned after this episode for our takeaways. Parents, Mr. Kiesling, Mr. Mayville, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. This is a third in the series where we've been talking with some parents about the experiences that their children of various ages have been able to undertake, but also how that effect has maybe had on them, not only maybe in their schooling, but what we see for their future. Let's start with you, Paul, if that's okay. Tell us a little bit about how you, your kids came to get involved with the Aerospace and Innovation Academy. Yeah, well, uh, thank you both for for having us. Uh, excited to be here. Um, you know, it was uh, several years uh, several years ago now. Um, our, our kids joined uh, the the Y school, um, and at, at that time, uh, the, the academy uh, was there, and, and they had the good fortune to meet both of you, um, and you know, found their way into uh, into aerospace. Uh, our, our oldest son really had a passion uh, and an interest um, in debate, um, which led to public policy. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and, and our youngest son was really more the analytical uh, one and, and focused on computers and, and programming. Um, and what we found when, when, we, when we met you guys was uh, kind of this wonderful formation of being able to triangulate um, all three of those things. Uh, with aerospace, I would really say, um, uh, not, not to underpin it in any way, being the widget uh, in, in the vehicle, um, you know, to allow them to start to talk to people, start to learn uh, a number of skills, um, and then get really interested in aerospace. Um, and so that, that's really how they're they found their way into it. I would say it's something that they're really immersed in uh, now. It, it, it's, it's a large part of both of their uh, lives both uh, both at school and I would say from an extracurricular standpoint um, and uh, we're, we're just excited and thrilled that they're part of the program um, uh, that they've been part of the program and we look forward to continuing to be part of the program into the future. Mr. Maybell, how about you? Well we were very excited about 
uh, both programs, the public policy as well as uh, the uh, space, what I call aerospace uh, science program, uh, we actually uh, had William uh, skip a grade to accelerate uh, his ability to get into the program uh, <laughs> because they couldn't start until they were in the fifth grade. So he skipped the fourth grade uh, so that he could get into the thing a little sooner uh, and uh, has not looked back. Uh, he It did for us everything we hoped it would be, which was to not only teach the academics, but to teach what I would call some real world uh, experiences uh, with the trips that were taken, uh, the ability to get in front of audiences, uh, uh, large audiences that speak and to uh, have a lot of unique uh, opportunities that uh, children in uh, the fifth through the eighth grade normally do not get. In fact, most high school students don't get these opportunities. Right. That's true. So when we think now as to as to the different you know ages or, or the stages even as where they're at, uh, what are some of the perhaps most unique of experience or skills? Let's start with skill sets like that perhaps they've gleaned from participating in some of these various topics. Let, let's start with uh, Mr. Mabel. Uh, what do you think? Yes. What has William? What have you seen William uh, uh, add to his you know skill set that might be attributed to what we've done with him? Okay. Uh, there were there were two. First, the public speaking piece. Uh, I for his in his world, uh, I thought was probably the most important uh, to get him in front of uh, uh, an audience uh, and have him speak. At, and and started from everything from uh, the uh, middle school uh, science fair, uh, speaking before the judges, then speaking to the county commission uh, or the city council uh, in the area going to uh, Tallahassee to speak to legislators, going to Washington to speak with the senators and representatives. Uh, that part was, uh, I felt, uh, a unique experience. Uh, the, he is, is not per se a, a science guy uh, or a math guy. He is a history guy. Uh, but uh, Kevin was able to take that uh, background and tie it into a research paper uh, that he presented at a conference uh, in Dubai. Uh, so, but he loves science, uh, even though I don't see him in that career path, he loves science and he wanted to be a part of the, of the group that was doing the scientific, uh, uh, ideas. And, uh, uh, I think it enhanced his whole experience, uh, with, with science that he would never have gotten if it had simply been a classroom, uh, textbook exercise. Uh, and Mr. Kiesling. Same question. Skill sets for either of your and both. Well, I, I would I would agree with um, you know first I I would agree with what Mr. Maybell said. So, the public speaking side uh, of the things I think is is paramount um, to to the program. Um, the the children uh, in uh, in the in the club have to put themselves out there, and you, you guys work just so well to find their strengths um, and, and put them in positions where they're vulnerable. They have to speak, they have to reach out, they have to talk to people um, and, and give them a chance to succeed. So you know, that, that is, that, that's something that's apparent. Um, I think taking a step back, there's a, few, there's a few softer items as well that just really stick out to me. And um, I think has, has made the program just uh, worth our family's time uh, and, and has formed 
just a foundation for our kids. And, and that's the soft skills that everybody talks about. So um, I think one of the debates we had in our family, uh, maybe not even a debate vocally, but in my head, uh, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, people who come from athletic backgrounds, they, they, they think sports are, are the way to learn competition, uh, learn teamwork, learn failure, learn perseverance. And, and that's very true. Um, what I learned very quickly with this program is you get all of that and, and more. So our, well, both of our children are, are, are athletic. They like to play sports. They have their teams there. Um, but this program to me has put them in such a, uh, an accelerated real life position um, to succeed in the world with all of those, with all of those same traits. So number right. one, um, to get to the point of public speaking, they have to become a subject matter expert in some type of topic. And, and Mr. Mayville hit on it, uh, and, and I'll go back to it where, you know, um, uh, you know bo both of you, uh, Kevin and Sean, I have, have, you guys seek out and put the kids in positions to find an interest, elaborate on it, become a subject matter expert uh, on a topic. Uh, then they have to do a lot of work internally. And, you know, that, that work is part of the club. That's working with the other students, who is their team. Uh, and that's working with their coaches, who are the both of you. And there's a feedback loop there that's constant. And I have to say, the feedback loop isn't always a fun loop. You know, you don't always want to be told that uh, maybe you can do this a little bit better. But that is part of the learning experience. And there's trials and tribulations. And you go back through that. And then you get to the point of presentation, um, you know, so I really think about it as practice, prepare, execute, uh, and you put, you put the kids in a position to do that. And it's, you know, we'll talk a lot about all of the travel that they get to do and, and some really unique and interesting conferences, but it happens at all different types of levels. It happens, uh, you know, before they get to the conference, it happens in front of the team, it happens in practice sessions. And I, I just think that that's uh, that's an invaluable lesson, and it's it's hard to replicate that uh, anywhere. But I, I know Kevin's chomping at the bit; he wants to ask something. But I have to throw something in, particularly about uh, public speaking. And, and Mr. Mavel, I, I direct this one to you because you and your wife were really the reason uh, why Kevin and I both ended up meeting uh, and working together with kids. Can you share with us a little bit about your vision for why you wanted such a world-class program? What your visions were, even six—I guess, gosh, was it seven years ago now—that even allowed this to begin. Well, my wife, uh, I give her the, all the credit because she she uh, came up with the vision, uh, the strategic plan for the school. Weiss had a unique uh, opportunity in which the students at that time all had pretty high IQs. And so they were able to absorb a lot more work and a lot more sophisticated uh, material than what a normal elementary middle school uh, student probably could do. And so the idea was to create what we would call centers of excellence. Uh, and the idea was each year we would take two or three uh, of the departments starting at the middle school and working our way down to the elementary school uh, of initially creating silos and then trying to create pollination between the silos so that they would all begin to work together. So the areas that we began with, uh, the first three were speech and debate, because the school at that time did not have a speech program, and we felt it was critical that uh, the school have 
public speaking program, uh, we were not necessarily thinking about all the things that has evolved into, but it was at least to get kids on their feet and talking. Uh, she had a, a, she and I both had a background in, in high school in public speaking, uh, and we both knew how important important that was. So that was the first department. Then the second one was science. Uh, the science at the school uh, at that time was uh, abysmal. Uh, they were the middle school were uh, six year old six, the sixth grade where it's used a fourth grade science book textbook, uh, and uh, we when we recruited Kevin uh, we talked about a vision and my wife spent and with Kevin uh, quite a bit of time of putting a, a laundry list of uh, big ideas of what the science program uh, could do. Uh, and, uh, and it was a laundry list, uh, and it was not necessarily we going to accomplish every one of them, but it was sort of goals that, that were, were going to be set. Kevin added, uh, his ideas, she added her ideas, and that was sort of the, the emphasis for us. The third, uh, project was, uh, music, uh, and, uh, we brought in a music teacher at the time, and, uh, the goal was, uh, to uh, expand music uh, and, and the program. And, uh, and, it, and there were great things that were being done in all three areas. I mean, on the music side, we actually had our own symphony orchestra uh, that was created. Uh, Kevin's flying to space and we're going to Congress and writing bills that are being, I mean, this is all happening within two years uh, after uh, the idea was planted. And the next year it was designed to go after some other departments. and. Uh, and pick uh, the same the same process. Uh, the uh, the biggest problem was is that we had with the school with this was a cultural uh, shock uh, with uh, parents that initially were coming to the school uh, to get an automatic A, uh, sort of like what I call concierge education, uh, instead of trying to get an education. And so there was a a little bit of tug and war going on uh, between those families that wanted this uh, and saw this as the future and others that 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 didn't. Um, the, the biggest challenge was that there are some students that simply were not ready to make this leap to a higher, higher demand. Anyway, I won't go on and on, but that was the basic concept was to create these centers of, of excellence and then to have them integrate with one another as you all have done, so that you have space, teaches space, ties it to all the other sciences, and then ties it, in your case, public speaking. Uh, and, and the topic on public speaking, whether it's space or history or whatever, really didn't matter to, to us, but it, it got the, the job done. So I don't want to go right. too far, but that well, was the concept. Right. And, and, and thank you for sharing that. And eventually, because of how well we work together and the fact that the school was going in a different direction. We literally had to form the Aerospace and Innovation Academy as a vehicle to, to deliver this. It. And we got tired of graduating kids after the eighth grade and losing them you know, to other schools. So uh, yeah, that brings us here. One thing that I just jotted down a note that both of you share is that your children, to the best of my knowledge, you, they both presented at City Hall they both went to Tallahassee for Space Day, Aerospace and Advocacy. DC. They both went to Washington, D.C. I believe they both presented and been with the Center for Strategic and International Studies Think Tank. 
and uh, they both had great successes in the science fair, both families. And uh, William had the privilege to be a part of a, a delegation we got to present at the White House at the Office of Science and Technology Policy about the, set, the space program, the CubeSat we were doing. So uh, you, you're, your three boys have really, uh, and I've heard uh, Mr. Mabel say this, you, you were there at the right time and you are there at the right time and the kids got a really enormous amount of experience. Well, and they were willing to do the work though too. And yes. I think that's one of the things that we've noticed about the kids that we get to work with, they may have started out, you know, uh, at, at a certain school where the IQs were elevated, but I think it has come now to the part where it's more about kids with passion and grit, people yes. who are willing to work and yes. parents who allow their yes. kids to experience that. I, I would like to ask each of you now, there are three really unique and big projects going on and they are led by each of your kids. So each of your kids is doing something remarkable right? Remarkable. And I want to bring up those ideas and let you share anything you'd like to from your perspective. Let's start with uh, the youngest, Dylan, who is in sixth grade. And then we'll do Paul, and then we'll talk about William. Uh, Dylan is quite gifted for our audience. He's quite gifted with um, software, uh, computer-aided drafting, things like that. So with our satellite team, if we need an exploded diagram of the CubeSat, Dylan is the kid. I remember being in NASA meetings where they're like, who's doing your drawings? Because they're fantastic. I'm like, oh, he was a fifth grader back then. But I will tell you this. Um, I am working on a utility patent application for this VR tool that I spoke to Dylan about for helping students see the inside of the CubeSat, being able to pull it apart and see the wells and things. Um, uh, Paul Kiesling Sr., could you speak to Dylan and his uh, either his enthusiasm or his interest in that project? Yeah, no, uh, it, it, thank you for, for that setup, Kevin. Um, it, it goes back to something, you know, I said earlier, uh, which is I think you, you both have a unique ability to work with the kids and, and find their strengths and, and put them in position um, to have their strengths come out. So, you know, I think that's number one. Um, I think number two, the, the forum of aerospace, just it encompasses everything. So, you know, we, we, we've hit on it. It encompasses the public speaking aspect. You, you have to have a plan for whatever the project is that you're going to do. Um, you got to work through that project and prepare it. And then there's a lot that goes into an aerospace type of project. It just so happens that software, CAD, math and sciences are, are all part of that. They all have different domains. For, for our youngest son, Dylan, um, I think it's just something, it's innate. He, he likes software, he likes to program, uh, he likes to code, and he likes the creative aspect uh, of it. And he's able to do all three of those things, um, and he spends a lot of time on it. And, and Shauna, you, you mentioned it earlier, you know, these things don't get done uh, by themselves. Uh, I barely could get my MacBook on and, and charged here. Uh, luckily, I was able to click into the Zoom link. I don't have the ability uh, to, to help Dylan with, with anything related to, to coding or software. It, it really is uh, the, the setup that you guys are giving him to learn and then him taking that away and just doing it day in and day out. Um, you know, uh, weekends, we get up uh, early. He's up early uh, and he gets us up early because he's, he's in his room and, he, and he's working on the projects that, that uh, you guys put forth with him and, and it's put him in a position where he can now start to lead 
some of these projects. I would add conversely to that, um, what maybe Dylan's strong suit, or at least we didn't view it as parents' strong suit as being because our oldest son, it, it was always a strength uh, and a position of strength for him was his ability to speak and engage with people um, as he's been put in, as Dylan's been put into these projects where he's the lead and he's the subject matter expert, he has to communicate that with the group and he's doing a better and better job of it. And he has a tremendous amount of confidence in doing it um, because he knows the ins and outs of it. And so I think those two things go hand in hand and it's just been a tremendous development and, and path to, to see. And again, not every day is easy with it, but he enjoys right. doing it and uh, he gets after it. Yeah. Well, he's now, had some healthy competition too, because I know your boys and they yes. are competitive yes. with each and, other. And that oh, brings us to man. Paul. Uh, Paul is in the ninth grade now. And uh, Paul told me he wanted to be more in the, the entrepreneurial vein. And he has a real passion, I think, for that. So I said, dude, uh, why don't you take my small blue cube company, which preceded the Wolfpack and AIA, and let's find some entrepreneurial avenues and, uh, you know, pitch fest, shark tank, whatever. Let's find some of those. And he nominated uh, Blue Cube for the Edison Invention Awards. And the only reason we're a finalist this year is from the work of Paul. He made the video. He organized the students for the application. Uh, he, that's his happy place. I am thrilled uh, that we're, you know, we're finalists and I intend if they'll, if we're going to go up on the stage, it's going to be Paul, you know, my Paul hope from is, Exeter, by the way, yeah, he, he, the way he's not north. even in the state of Florida, <laughs> he's not even anymore. Here. but I, I wanted to share that. You, you, could you speak a little bit to Paul's involvement, even though he's not even in the state of Florida anymore, he's still active. Uh, could you add just a little bit to that? Uh, yeah, uh, again, thanks for the setup there. And, and, and again, um, uh, our, our oldest son, and I, I think as, as parents and any parent who has multiple children, you realize they're all a little bit different. We do have a lot of healthy competition uh, in, in the family between both boys, which is, which is a lot of fun. I think his involvement continues to stem, Kevin and Shauna, just both from the standpoint, and again, like I said earlier, you know, we view, we view the club as, as a team and you guys as the coaches and you become ingrained in that. And, you know, that's not something that once you form a community around it, you just leave. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, forms a basis, forms a foundation. And, and these, are, these are projects and things that you guys are working on that are applicable, um, you know, to, to anybody at all levels. So, you know, we foresee them continuing forward in this for a long time to come. Um, as it relates to this specific project, you know, again, part of it is you guys set a high bar and uh, you want kids to succeed and they get to experience success. So that's number one. Again, it, it starts with doing little things that become bigger things and bigger ideas and you, you set big audacious goals for them. And, you know, as it relates to this project, I think if I remember correctly, we, we had some family uh, visiting it this past summer, we we're preparing for him to go away uh, to school. And, you know, effectively he had a free week uh, in the summertime. And, you know, he, he, again, went into his room and got to work and you, you presented the idea to him and he took it and ran with it. Um, and there was a lot of consultation, if I recall, back and forth with, with you and him, but he spent a lot of time in deep thought, deep work. And, 
I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really know what he was doing. Uh, you know, something came of it. Uh, I asked a few times if he wanted to go golfing or go to the basketball court, and he said he had to get this project done. And, uh, you know, as we found out earlier this week, uh, you guys moved on to, to the finals of what, what is a pretty unique, um, pretty unique award and uh, an, an opportunity set. But right. the foundation of it is hard work, and, uh, you know, that's, that's what it goes back to. Yep, and, and what William uh, and Paul both share is they have been team leaders on CubeSat proposals as well. And we'll find out in about a month if NASA selected us for a, a third time. And let's talk about William. Now, my recollection is that William was in the gallery with us in Congress uh, when our congressman introduced a resolution called, uh, I believe it was Wolverine CubeSats in Education. The HR 109 yes. and then HR 85 So William goes back to the era where um, Shauna led the kids and they, they worked with the congressman's office, but now Williams moved into sort of a project manager philanthropic role and William has uh, a vision for uh, increasing uh, STEM participation in high school kids and launches and he is, I know he's knee deep right now in his white paper and he has applied to several conferences this year, I want to say SmallSat, IAC and Coast Bar where he'll be presenting uh, this uh, mechanism that he hopes will help high schools get to space. Mr. Mayville, from your seat, uh, what do you see, uh, what are your observations with uh, William and that, and uh, what good do you see coming from that, from both your child's perspective and the validity of his program? Well, for us, uh, it's a very exciting program. I was hoping that he was gonna get this kind of uh, a project at the high school level, but it's not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, and why I have encouraged him to uh, to jump with both feet into this project is that it has changed his thinking. Uh, he was before looking more and going into uh, government and uh, a policy kind of position. Now he's looking more at finance as his career path. Uh, this project is going to be very interesting uh, in his development because he's looking at two things. He's looking at one, how to finance uh, or be an alternative to high schools and middle schools for funding the rocket launch. So taking NASA out of the equation, making it easier for the high schools and middle schools to get approved um, because they get really left out of the discussion right now. And then the second piece is more of a philanthropic, which is to uh, raise money to pay for the cost of the actual construction of the uh, CubeSat and the uh, and the testing. Two different uh, models. Uh, one's gonna be more of a, a government kind of contract. Uh, I'm thinking something like that he's thinking, the direction he's thinking is Space Force or, or SpaceX or something like that. Uh, the other side may be uh, uh, more, as I said, a philanthropic. And uh, uh, he made a small presentation to, uh, at a luncheon the other day uh, with Governor Scott Walker, uh, who was fascinated with this idea of what he was talking about. He had never really heard of a CubeSat, but they talked for a few minutes and uh, uh, got very interested. The other thing that, that, that you, you both of you do, which isn't a concept that's really even taught in, even in college, which is networking. Uh, and that concept is started at the elementary middle school of going around, meeting people, giving a business card, uh, and begin developing contacts, relationships with people that 
And uh, this has now become second nature to him. Um, and I think this particular project is going to provide a whole different level of discussion for him. Uh, maybe something that would normally be done at the college or graduate level uh, at a very young age. And it'll be interesting to see how it, how it evolves. Uh, we're just getting our, our foot into the water on this thing, uh, but uh, I'm very encouraged about the excitement that he has reached about this uh, project, regardless of how it, how it goes. Yes, these are the, these are high level ideas, right? These are, this is adult work that all three of these kids are doing, and and I like what you guys said. It, I really I always tell the kids this is an all volunteer army. I don't make you do anything. If you want to do it, there's great opportunities, right? Some kids they catch a vision for they can do what I really think is the blue sky stuff. So without limitations, I. I appreciate all of you sharing uh, sharing about the three boys and their unique uh, contributions to the team. And I feel like they're doing the things that they want to do. Before I get to my final question, which is always like, in, in this case, it's gonna be you know for parents who might be on the cusp of thinking about whether or not their child should engage in something like this. I'm really fascinated by the idea that we know that your kids in particular, the ones who find success here, are intrinsically motivated to work hard anyway. There's not really parents pushing them to do it. They have to want to do it themselves. But we oftentimes get some parents who are like, well, that's we want our child to have a balance. We want them to still be children at the end of the day. How do you manage to help your, your children, because they are still children, uh, feel that balance, but to still encourage them to do that hard work at, at the same time? Well, uh, I'll, I'll let you lead, William. Okay. It's uh, like I couldn't get him to play golf. I couldn't do it. Uh, it's this is going to be an interesting year because uh, William's academic rigor at his high school is is tough uh, right now. He's moving into the AP classes, which are a lot of work required, and he's in a number of clubs uh, as well. But this project uh, has moved front and center. Uh, I told him back when he was in middle school that the experiences that he was getting, he would never see it probably again. I, I totally would never get it in high school. He may get some of it in college, but this was a unique opportunity for the three or four years that he was at the, uh, the Weiss uh, Elementary Middle School. Uh, and he needed to embrace it and not think that's the norm. Uh, as far as uh, all of the work that he does is is his, his self-generation. I don't uh, do anything other than answer questions. Uh, or uh, if he needs to talk to someone about finance, I had to meet with my controller to learn how to do spreadsheets and things like that. But uh, it is a, a self, he has a, a clear vision of what he wants out of this project. And, it's, and he hasn't really shared all of it with me. Uh, but he sees this as a huge stepping stone in his development almost to the point that he would rather do this than go to high school. That's, how far, far, that's <laughs> how far we've got, uh, you know, kind of uh, because he feels this is the real world. This is what it's about. This is and, why we have a problem with education, right? Yes. We don't really treat it like the real world. That's I, the problem. I, I think he has ownership, right? It's his yeah. project and having ownership of something always makes you more invested, right? We'll see how, as I said, it, 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 he's all in, uh, good or bad, how it turns out. Uh, but he, I believe that uh, this education, along with the academics, it helps round out 
the student and prepares them for college. Paul, what about you? Well, how do you keep Paul and Dylan, you know, still balanced? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's a it's a it's a unique question and and uh, in, in some ways a difficult one. Um, you know, number one, I think every family uh, has to define and parent has to define what balance means to their to their child and, and to their family first first and foremost. Um, if you're on the cusp of of doing this, um, you know, we've talked about some high level things that have happened here these uh, all three situations are, are are unique each each child is doing something unique and i think the theme that one should take out of it is they've been able to pull the strings back and follow a path that that's important to them um there's a lot more than three children in the in in the club um and there's a way for everybody to to benefit um to benefit in the in the club you don't have to go to this level um, I don't think you have to be intimidated by the work that these kids are doing. And there's other kids doing similar level of work. Uh, but there's a lot of kids who come, they're able to enjoy the club, they're able to enjoy aerospace, and they're able to pick up certain life skills as well, and focus on other things. It might be soccer, it might be baseball, it might be an instrument, it might be drama that you're really focused on. But I think the balance of doing many things becomes helpful. So I, I wouldn't... You know, it doesn't have to be an all in, but it gives you an opportunity if this is something that your child starts to really like, which our, our children have to be an all in. And, and, you know, quite candidly, we've started to gravitate away from some of the other activities. And that's just part of life's balance is what's what's important to you and what do you want to focus on? And, you know, I, I, I can't remember who, who quoted it, but, you know, there's a good saying that. You know, if you want to be okay, go go wide. If you want to be really, really good, go deep. And um, you can you can go both pathways here. Our kids have decided to kind of go really deep uh, into into different lanes that that interest them. And uh, you know, we're we're excited uh, about what that path means for them going forward. It, it doesn't always mean success, but they're going to learn from some of the failures. They're going to learn to network. They're going to learn how to do hard work. Um, right. And, you know, that's important. Yeah, I, I want to, for our audience, you're, you're hearing from parents whose kids have really not only been a part of the program for years, but also have made a personal choice to go deep. Uh, I, I always say everybody starts out at zero. So kids that are new to the program, they're not expected to know anything, just to be interested. And uh, I appreciate that um, so much. And again, um, Failure is, I think, one of our most important learning tools that we can offer the kids, which is an environment where they have a chance to succeed or fail or something in between, but they get to learn from it and they don't get punished for not hitting the mark uh, early on. Or, so. or to know, like, too, I think that, that we see this even more so now with these conferences that we're doing. It's, it's not just the, the first time that you put something forward that that's going to be the final draft of anything that you're doing. So any proposal, any conference writing, they get a lot of kickbacks where they have to do it over and over and over again. And they learn really quickly, okay, that doesn't mean that I was bad or wrong at it. It just means everything needs improvement. Yes. These kids are building outstanding uh, resumes. Yes. I'm just I'm, uh, three, three young men that I'm very proud of. And again, uh, as, as Shauna mentioned, we, we are very grateful and thankful to have uh, a set of parents that have seen the vision or, or at least see what we think we can bring. And uh, we, we appreciate you guys. So I just want to thank you for taking some time with us today. It 
uh, it's always great to hear the parents' perspective of what their kids are doing. And I want to close with just this. Mr. Mayville, you opened up with you know, both yours and Janine's vision as to what you imagined school could look like. I like to think at times from what you said that what we're trying to do with the academy does just that. That's that collaborative nature, the idea of taking those passions, working with not only now just us and our students who do that, but even as we work with other teachers. So um, per thank you to both of you for sharing your kids with us and, and becoming part of our family. Thank you for being so influential with our kids. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. You know, I know it sounds trite every time, you know, we meet with people and I always kind of say the same thing, but I, um, there are any number of parents at any given time who would be able to sit down and have this conversation. And I would still believe at the end of the day, it, it really comes from the parents, what these children are able to do. Absolutely. I didn't say this uh, while we were interviewing them, but the only reason I came to Florida from uh, Washington, DC was because the Mayville family actively recruited me and they believed in the vision that young kids could build a satellite. And uh, before I even coined the blue sky learning in my TED talk, we were sort of walking it out. And I really, uh, he, uh, Mr. Mayville alluded to his wife, Janine. She, she is a, a marketing and strategy guru. She's yeah. quite, quite good at that. And I really uh, like the idea of kids exploring their passions without limit. And I hope it's a testament to them that I really do believe when hearing him talk about that and what his vision was, I think that is exactly what it, we're trying it, it to do. It is exactly. The, so, uh, you know, unfortunately, a school, especially a school that, you know, is a private school, they, they have different drivers, right? It's a financial model for them. Um, we look at education as we've got to equip this next generation workforce and as some of our parents have said during the course of our three parent uh, podcasts is the education system, there's a disconnect between what happens in school and what happens in the workforce. And we should, we're, we're trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, we need to change education for sure, particularly in relation to STEM. Well, we will have another episode uh, coming soon with some more parents as well. So please, regardless of whether that one is next week or not, we hope that you'll join us again. As we say, let's, let's go, go to, to space. space. You know, I know it sounds trite every time, you know, we meet with people and I always kind of say the same thing, but I, um, there are any number of parents at any given time who would be able to sit down and have this conversation. And I would still believe at the end of the day, it, it really comes from the parents, what these children are able to do. Absolutely. I didn't say this uh, while we were interviewing them, but the only reason I came to Florida from uh, Washington, D.C., was because the Mayville family actively recruited me and they believed in the vision that young kids could build a satellite. And uh, before I even coined the blue sky learning in my TED talk, we were sort of walking it out. And I really, uh, he, uh, Mr. Mayville alluded to his wife, Janine. She, she is a, a marketing and strategy guru. She's yeah. quite, quite good at that. And I really uh, like the idea of kids exploring their passions without limit. And I hope it's a testament to them that I really do believe when hearing him talk about that and what his vision was, I think that is exactly what it, we're trying it, it to do. It is exactly. The, so, uh, you know, unfortunately, a school, especially a school that, you know, is a private school, they, they have different drivers, right? It's a financial model for them. Um, we look at education as we've got to equip this next generation workforce. And as some of our parents have said during the course of our three parent uh, podcasts is, 
the education system, there's a disconnect between what happens in school and what happens in the workforce. And we should, we're, we're trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, we need to change education for sure, particularly in relation to STEM. Well, we will have another episode uh, coming soon with some more parents as well. So please, regardless of whether that one is next week or not, we hope that you'll join us again. As we say, let's, let's go, go to, to space. space.